The WNBA Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. The NFL kicks off this week and get ready for the season with 32 NFL team previews from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NFL previews. And the free roll football contest is back and better than ever $5,000 up for grabs in our NFL contest and $1,500 in our brand new college football contest sign up exclusively in our discord sports gambling podcast.com slash discord that's sports gambling podcast.com slash discord And welcome, everybody, to the WNBA Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host for this episode, Scott Reichel, and this is going to be a solo pod. Uh, I'm sure all of you knew that Terrell was in Vegas with a lot of the SGPN family, and as a result, he's a bit busy. But, of course, we do have the start of the WNBA Finals, which means that the show must go on, and as a result, I'm going to cover the series and Game 1 in particular by myself. But before we actually get in to Game 1 and the series preview. We do have to talk about how we got to this point and recap mostly Game 5 because we had a specific podcast for Game 5 alone since Vegas 1-4 and four ended up cashing a nice roughly 3-1 to one ticket on Vegas and 4 there, which I'm still happy about. But to go through the actual last podcast, overall went well for me. Ended up having two player props, went 1-1 one and one on those, one with John Quell under with her points. Wasn't easy. She barely went under, but she went under and had Candace Parker over in rebounds and she ended up being a little bit short. However, to go through the actual game preview. I liked Connecticut plus the points, and I also liked the under, and both of those got there. One was a lot easier than the other, but we do have to have a pretty interesting and deep conversation. I don't want to say that it's a rant, but we got to talk about it, and I'm going to get to the fourth quarter in particular in a second. I'm sure you know where I'm going with this one, but I do want to at least give the Connecticut Sun their flowers because Chicago owned them in the regular season. It was 4-0 in previous years. Chicago's also done well against them, and Connecticut was down 2-1 in this series. It looked like it was going to get ugly. Chicago having won game two and game three, and then Connecticut could have folded, but they did not. Connecticut showed a ton of resilience. They dominated game four at home, never trailed, won by 24, and then showed up in Chicago against their arch rivals in an elimination game, and won. And not only did they win, they rallied from behind in one of the greatest WNBA comebacks of all time, and they outscored Chicago 24-5 to in the fourth quarter, and that doesn't even do it justice to actually go through the final couple of minutes there. It was really the final four minutes, which were the insane run portion of this game. So to go through the actual timeline, Chicago had 63 points with... Uh, let me just find the exact point here. Yeah, so uh, Copper hit a layup with 446 in the fourth quarter. They're at home, defending champions. They are up 63 to 54. So a nine-point lead at home for the defending champions. You assume Connecticut's done. Then for the rest of the game, nobody scored for roughly the next minute. So starting at the 346 mark, Connecticut ended up going on an 18 to nothing run to win the game. 18 nothing 
in the final 346 on the road in an elimination game against the defending champions. It's one of the gutsiest performances I've seen in basketball, not even just WNBA, but in basketball. But I wanted to start off there, start with the positives. Congratulations, Connecticut. Great job digging deep, getting into a situation where you are going to be competing for your first ever franchise title. And I'm happy for you guys. Congratulations. I'm proud of how you performed. Now we got to talk about the other side of the coin. And you have a really tricky spot when it comes to analyzing great comebacks, because in order to have a great comeback, you need the other team or person or entity to collapse. That's really how it goes. So we got to talk about Connecticut and how we got to talk about Connecticut's comeback in Chicago, but we got to talk about it from Chicago's perspective. And I mentioned the score 24 to five. You scored five points in the fourth quarter of a winner go home game as the defending champions. You scored zero points on your home floor in an elimination game against a team that you've dominated, historically speaking. You scored zero points in the final four minutes and 45 seconds. It's one of the worst collapses I've ever seen, which goes hand in hand because if you're going to have one of the all-time great comebacks, you need one of the all-time great collapses. But zero points in the final 445 is so absurd. And I'm not sure who to fully place the blame on. Of course, the head coach is the candidate because they did the same exact thing against the Liberty in game one of the first round series where they were up handily and they gave up a massive run to lose the game. And that's how the playoffs started for them. That's how the playoffs ended. And it's really just inexcusable. Now, you can't fire the coach because you won a title uh, last year. But I got to at least talk about the fact that game one against the Liberty you gave up a 13 nothing run to lose the game in the final roughly three, four minutes, and then you lose the winner-go-home game in the conference. I can't say the conference finals because you kind of divide it up, but you know what I mean. Actually, yeah, just in the Eastern Conference Finals. And you straight up gave up an 18 nothing run to, to end the game. It's inexcusable. I don't think they're going to fire the coach. I'm not saying they should fire the coach, but that is sad to lose a game that way. And I know that some people will blame the players instead of the coach. I think the blame can be handed out evenly amongst both, but I do want to at least talk about Candace Parker because she said that she really only wants to play the W in the league when she can still play at an elite level. And that's why she didn't officially give a stance on if she was returning next year or if she was retiring, she's going to wait and see. We'll see what happens. That could have been her last potential game. But Candace Parker is the leader of the team, and she's a champion. You know, she's won a decent amount of championships, but I do find it fascinating that she also has the CP3 set up with her initials and her jersey number. And yet, if this collapse happened in the NBA, and I told you which player did it happen or who would get criticized the most, you'd probably say Chris Paul, because Chris Paul is known for being a historical choker in the playoffs, or at least his teams are. I don't know if he is officially, individually, you can argue Harden. You can argue like Carl Malone in the finals. You have, you have options. You get what I'm trying to say. But Candace Parker's won the title twice, and I still have to call her out because as the leader of the team, you can't have that happen. 
And yes, the coach is going to organize plays, but you're on the court. You're the one who's really the face of the team. You're the leader. You had seven points and nine rebounds in an elimination game. You only attempted seven shots. Now, Quigley went one for 12 for three points, which is absolutely just awful. But as the leader of the team who dominated the entire series, seven points, nine rebounds, four blocks, three steals, very good defensive game. But four turnovers as well. I thought Parker was really just awful offensively in this game. And whether it involved injuries with Chris Paul, whether it did not, I do think it's important to keep the same energy between both choke jobs, both Phoenix's and Chicago's. Now, Phoenix's was a no-show in Game 7. So you could argue that's worse because they were down 30 at home, basically at halftime in a Game 7. But Chicago giving up an 18-0 run to lose the game and to lose the potential repeat championship run i get the coaching staff should be at fault i gotta blame the leaders of the team and candace parker is one of the leaders i gotta hold her accountable so that's kind of my takeaway it's one of the worst choke jobs i've ever seen in basketball history let alone wnba history 18 nothing run that you allow by the defending champions it's something unprecedented it's something we'll probably never see again i have to bring it up when it comes to all time collapses you could argue you know March Madness throwback. Uh, you could talk about Memphis against Kansas in the title game. You can talk about Northern Iowa against Texas A&M in the tournament. There's a lot of bad choke jobs out there in basketball history, but this one from a, from the actual source of the team that's currently in possession of the title, and they just hand it over like that. I have to give a brief rant on that because that was something that is really just laughable, and I have to at least hold people accountable. So it's a little bit of a rant. It's a little bit of harsh criticism. I think it's actually a lot of harsh criticism because I, I'm not going to repeat everything I just said, but you get the point. Either way, now we have Connecticut taking on Vegas in the WNBA Finals. Should be fun. Before we actually get, in, before we actually get into the series preview and the Game 1 preview, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsor. Thinking of joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time because new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. If you're betting on baseball, then you have to check out WinBet for their reduced juice on baseball games, which makes them the best place to bet MLB. Plus, the WinBet casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Win also just released their first quarterback with five touchdowns prop bet. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to Sports sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The free roll football contests are here. College football contests, $1,500 up for grabs. And the NFL contest, $5,000 and a two-night stay at Win Las Vegas up for grabs. Sign up exclusively in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. 
We're also brought to you by Elias. It's almost time for the start of the NFL season. And if you are very into sports betting or fantasy, you need a competitive edge to win. That's why I recommend the Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, the NBA, and the MLB. Elias Game Plan is the only sports app for the most trusted name in sports stats. The Elias Sports Bureau are the official statisticians of U.S. pro sports leagues, including the NFL. The app is your one-stop source for player news, for expert game analysis, and for player previews. And the Elias Game Plan app is really exactly what I'm looking for when it comes down to finding information that a lot of people might not have on some unknown players. But take my advice, download the Elias Game Plan app today with the new features available all the time. Take your game to the next level. NFL season is here, so don't wait. Download the Elias Game Plan app today. And right now I have a special offer when you subscribe. Get a 14-day free trial off a monthly subscription plan, but only if you use the promo code SGPN. Find Elias in the App Store or Play Store today and use my promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the WNBA Gambling Podcast. We just finished going through a recapping what happened in Game 5 between Chicago and Connecticut. Now it's time to talk about the grand finale, the WNBA Finals, and we're going to talk about the futures and the series prices first before getting into the actual Game 1. Then we'll take a break, get into lock and dog. I'll probably throw in a player prop or a series bet there at the end. But either way, let's get the show on the road. Starting off with the series price, Vegas is a hefty favorite, as it probably should be. The Aces are minus 260. Connecticut is plus 210 on the other side. First glance, fair. I think those odds sound about right. You could argue Vegas being minus 300 might have been a bit more fair if you think Vegas is going to blow them out. You could argue that Connecticut would keep it close. I do think Vegas is the much better team. I'm going to go on record saying that. I think Vegas is the most talented team in the league by far. I don't think it's very close. And Vegas has shown it throughout the course of these playoffs. Now, both teams are actually competing for their first ever franchise title. So the motivation in setting a you know a pro uh, franchise, uh, I'd say, milestone here is the same on both sides. There's no additional motivation, etc. It's the finals. They both want it. I'm not going to buy into that and into any of that nonsense. But Vegas is the much better team. And the question is, can Connecticut overcome the lack of offensive firepower, comparatively speaking, by potentially either dominating on the glass or just buckling down defensively like they did against Chicago in the series in general, and as well as Game 3 against Dallas. So it's going to be a battle of styles. Connecticut should, keyword should, try to slow the pace down. We're assuming Vegas is going to want to run as much as possible because why would they not want to run in the series? And Connecticut should try to slow it down because if they try to run with Vegas, they'll get killed. So I do think you're going to see a couple of games based on or decided by the actual tempo. And if Connecticut controls the tempo, I actually like their chances to win a game or two because I think they'll dominate on the glass. But Vegas, if they can get out and run, force turnovers, and get out on the break, Connecticut's not going to stand a chance. So when it comes down to the series, I think Vegas minus 260 might sound expensive. I think it's actually cheap. I think Vegas is just so much better in terms of talent. And to go through the actual season numbers, I'll go through regular season and then playoffs. So Connecticut had four players who averaged double digits throughout the season. John Quell was the leading scorer with 14.6. Brianna Jones averaged 13.8. 
Bonner averaged 13.4, uh, and you had Thomas, who averaged 13.4. Actually, uh, Courtney Williams also averaged 11.1. And then you have Vegas, who had two separate players averaging 19-plus points. Kelsey Plum averaged 20.2. Asia Wilson averaged 19.5. Jackie Young averaged 15.9. And Chelsea Gray averaged 13.7. But now we're going to pivot over to the playoff stats. And Chelsea Gray has really just taken over. And I feel like that's the main piece I want to talk about. Asia Wilson, yes, I know she put up a bunch of 30 and 12 games. I get it. She also won MVP. That's what she's supposed to do in that situation. But Gray exploded in the final regular season game against Seattle, and it's carried over into the finals. She has been the heartbeat of the team. And the fact that Chelsea Gray went from averaging roughly 13 points per game in the regular season to averaging 24 in the playoffs while also averaging 7.7 assists. You have Asia Wilson averaging 20.5 points and 10.8 rebounds. Plum is averaging 18.8, which is definitely a step backwards. She averaged 20-plus in the regular season. But Plum's efficiency has also not been good. So the fact that Vegas has been this good offensively with their leading regular season score struggling with her consistency, I think is a serious concern for Connecticut and is extremely dangerous for Vegas. Because if Gray can keep playing this well, if Wilson can keep doing her thing, and if Plum ends up shooting close to 48% in the series, 50-something percent, Vegas might actually sweep because this team just has too many weapons. Jackie Young's been good too, 12.3 points per game. Now, besides those four, the next leading score is... Uh, Raquan Williams, who's averaging 6.8. So they are a little bit top-heavy when it comes to the four leading scores, but that doesn't really bother me because Vegas in the playoffs is averaging 92.3 points per game, and Connecticut's averaging just 79.8. So I think Vegas should, keyword should, overwhelm Connecticut offensively, and I think Connecticut's going to need to slow the pace down to stand a shot. I don't think they stand much of a shot to win the series. Can they win a game? Sure. Can they win two? I personally don't think so. I think Vegas wins this comfortably, and I think Becky Hammond wins the title in her first year as a head coach. Now, to go through the actual regular season meetings, they did play three times, one time in late May, one time in early June, and they played in mid-July. Aces won two of the three meetings. Uh, They won at home in late May by eight, and on the road in Connecticut in July by eight, and they lost the middle game in early June by seven. And there were there were a lot of points in each game. Each game had at least 170. But we have seen playoff basketball result in a lot of lower scoring games and a lot of totals that are really not even close. And I do think that this total is priced solely based on the regular season and not based on what we've seen from the actual playoffs up to this point. But for the sake of this series, I think Vegas is going to win. Now, the question is, do I think Connecticut takes a game or not? Because Vegas in a sweep is plus 250, and Vegas in four is plus 350. And Connecticut finally exercises demons by beating Chicago. And I'm not sure if that's going to snowball in a positive way, where Connecticut has this all-time great confidence, or if beating Chicago was realistically their hypothetical Super Bowl and now they might lay an egg in the WNBA Finals. I'm assuming it might meet somewhere in the middle, but I do think Vegas 
is just a completely different animal. And Chicago, I was trying to push for as being a team that could potentially give Vegas a run for its money. But we saw late in games, Chicago just didn't have any closers. And Candace Parker, we were hoping, would be the person. She was not. Quigley was not. Copper really wasn't. And in every close game that Chicago had in the playoffs, they won a couple against Connecticut because Candace Parker made a couple of big shots. But it seemed like they really just didn't have a clutch gene. And that was the story down the stretch. Vegas has that in bunches because Gray is an absolute savage in the fourth quarter, especially in the final like two, three minutes. I mean, she's just getting buckets. We know Wilson's very good. Plum's not afraid. We know she's going to shoot. And she had a big shot against Seattle in the regular season finale there, which definitely helped them win that game. But Plum's been struggling. We're hoping she can get back on track offensively. I just think Vegas has too much firepower. And I do think that Seattle, uh, that Connecticut's going to struggle. So I think I'm actually going to pick. Do I really want the sweep? I think I'm going to do it. Because Vegas plays the first two games at home. So if Vegas wins at home and they defend home court, we just need to win game three. And then we get the sweep. So even though it's the cheapest option, and even though the WNBA season has been chaotic, and Terrell and I have thrived on the chaos and been very profitable from it. I'm picking a very anticlimactic final. I'm picking the Aces in three. I just think that they're too talented. I think that this team is tired of making deep runs. Of course, different coaching staff because they had to lay in beer back in the day. But still, this team has a lot of players who are just dying to get over the finish line. And I do think that this team is more talented. They're better offensively. They have home court. They check a lot of boxes. I'm taking the Aces in three at plus 250. I did think about the Aces as well at plus 350. Maybe take that if you want to take both. I don't think it's going five. I think the Aces win in either three or four. But now segueing over to game one. I think game one's actually tougher than the entire series because we've seen Vegas look very good as the series has progressed, both in the first round and the second round. However, they really did not look good in game one against Phoenix. They covered because of a massive fourth quarter, but they were not good at all against the Phoenix team that really had no business being in the playoffs based on who was injured. Uh, Tarazi didn't play. Diggins Smith didn't play. They were without basically everybody, and Vegas was struggling in the first half. And then we saw Vegas lose game one at home against Seattle. So we have seen Vegas really get off to slow starts in game ones at home. And as a result, I'm a little bit squeamish when it comes to actually laying six points with the aces at home, but I'm also picking them to sweep. Now I kind of threaded the needle in game five between Connecticut and Chicago where I thought Chicago would win, but I liked Connecticut to actually cover. So I was kind of going for some absurd Chicago to win by one, two, three, or four. And I feel like Vegas is going to win, but it's going to be competitive. But I think free throws are going to be the story at the end of the game. And I'm hoping Vegas realizes the opportunity in front of them. Because even though Vegas was going to be favored no matter what against either Connecticut or Chicago, based on the regular season meetings and based on the actual records, I think Vegas is thrilled to be playing Connecticut instead of Chicago. And I think Chicago could have matched them offensively. Connecticut can't. I'm going to go with the Aces at home, minus six. I know it's a little bit difficult to trust a team that's been struggling in game ones, but I do think with the home crowd and the fact that this is 
really just a phenomenal overall basketball team. I think Vegas shows up and performs well. That extra time off for prep because they ended up uh, not having to go to a game five. Connecticut might be gassed because they played a game five that a couple days off in between. But I do wonder if emotionally they're going to be fully ready to transition from a game five against their arch rival to a game one on the road in the WNBA finals. I'm going with the aces. I think they'll get the job done. And I'm going to go with the under 169. I think that total's too high. I think it's based solely on regular season meetings. And I think that we'll see a very tight game in terms of of just really just a lot of nerves involving both teams for game one. I think you're going to see a nail biter for the first couple quarters. You're going to see a feeling out process. But I do think when you get to crunch time, the pace is going to slow and this game's going to go under. So for me, I'm going to go with the under and I'm going to go with the aces minus six. But before we get into the actual official pick segment, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsor. We're also brought to you by Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone Plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite show with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. For all you sports bettors out there, I want to tell you about the best new way to increase your bankroll. It's called PromoGuy.us. At PromoGuy.us, you can get the biggest bonuses from all the best sports books in the country. We're talking $1,000 risk-free deposits, insane odds boosts, and most importantly, the best analytics in the business, plus tons of free picks as well. PromoGuy.us is your guide to betting smart. Once again, that's PromoGuy.us. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. And they also just passed 4 million users. And now you could win money on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money that you put in. And with the NFL season right around the corner, Sleeper is the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. The main reason why I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I could join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I could see and copy my friends' picks with just the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group at uh, on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP, and you'll get $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. 
We're also brought to you by Run Your Pool. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game more important. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun, from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with Run Your Pool to host a pool for our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. Hop in now to reserve your spot, $500 cash, plus a $250 gift certificate to the SGPN store to the winner. Sign up today over at play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by Odds Trader. On this podcast, I've mentioned time and time again the importance of shopping your lines. And while it might be annoying to pull up several books to find the best line available for you, it takes a lot of effort. And luckily for us, Odds Trader does the work for you because Odds Trader is the perfect place to compare odds from all the major sports books in one central location. You can also compare the different sign up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal when you initially sign up. The app provides you with player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker feature so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire, oddstrader, the number one site for all of your game day bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the WNBA Gambling Podcast. We just finished briefly previewing our thoughts for the series and for Game 1. Now it's time to get into the fun part, the official picks for this episode. Now it's time to start off with Terrell's picks. Now, he didn't officially give a lock and dog. I was texting him, and he did give me one play on the game, and he also has the series. He's taking Connecticut plus the points in Game 1. He thinks six is too many. However, he does like the Aces to win the series. He didn't tell me a game amount. He didn't tell me anything like that, but he's picking the Aces to win the series, and he's taking Connecticut in game one. I did not ask him about the total. I'm assuming he likes the under, because Connecticut, if they're going to keep it close, it's probably going to be a low-scoring game. So that's Terrell's information for game one and for the series. Now talking about my plays, for the actual lock, I'm going to go with the under. I think that this total is too high. And Connecticut is coming off of game five against his arch-rival, I wonder if there will be a lack of focus or even just a little bit of flatness in their performance in the first half of this game in particular. You might see a couple quarters that just die. But I think Connecticut offensively is going to struggle in this hostile environment after beating the Roach rivals. It's an emotional spot. I don't exactly trust them in this emotional spot. I'm going to go with the under 169 as my lock. I'm going to go with a player prop, a dog, and... You know, a dog's actually going to be tricky because it's pretty difficult. So maybe I'll, I'm going to skip the dog because I think Vegas is going to cover and I also like the under. So I'm going to go with a player prop instead and a series price or a series bet. So going through my player prop for this one, I am going to go to Connecticut and I'm going to take what worked in game five. I'm going to take John Quell Jones under uh, her points and that's currently at 15 and a half at minus 115. Simply put, offensively, she really has just not been that much of a factor. And to go through her numbers, she had 15 points in Game 5 against Chicago, had 9 the game prior, had 6 the game prior, had 23 in Game 2 against Chicago, good performance there, had 12 in Game 1, 
had 11 in game three against Dallas and then had two good games to start the series against Dallas. But the point is she's gone under 16 in five of her last six games. And I think as a result, this number is a little bit high. I wonder if foul trouble is going to be an issue because she's probably going to have to guard Asia and that could be a serious problem. But to go through the actual uh, stats against Vegas this season, to go through the numbers there, she's been okay. She had 20 points in the most recent meeting. She had eight points in the game prior. And uh, those are the only two games she played against Vegas all season long. So she's one and one. Uh, the 20-point game, I will throw out there, she did go seven for nine from the floor. So she was incredibly efficient. And I don't think that's going to happen again. The game, though, that she only scored eight, she only attempted four shots. So the fact that she could potentially be a non-factor if Vegas phases her out of the game plan, she also fouled out in that 20-point game against Vegas. So foul trouble might be an issue. I'm going to go with the under 15 and a half. It worked the last time. Don't fix what isn't broken. I'm going to go back to John Quell under 15 and a half points. And now getting into my series play, I'm going to go Vegas in a sweep. I wanted to take Connecticut to win a game, but I thought about it. And I think Vegas will defend home court, which means you're basically looking at Connecticut winning game three, and that's it. Now, maybe they can sneak up on Vegas in game one. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Vegas is going to defend home court. And I think if you're already up 2 nothing, and it's basically plus 250, to win a road game three. I like my chances. And Vegas might be favored in that game if they sweep. We saw Connecticut being a one-point favorite against Chicago in game four, for example, at home. I think Vegas is favored in Connecticut. I think it's probably close to two, two and a half. So you might be getting a favorite in game three at plus 250. I'm going to take it. I think Vegas wins the series going away. Props to Connecticut for getting over the hump and for finally beating their arch rival but now they have to face an even better team in the final. It's an absolute gauntlet. I don't really like their chances there. So for me, once again, just to recap everything, Terrell has Connecticut in game one plus the six, but he does have Vegas to win the series. I have Vegas to win the series. I also have the under 169 in game one as my lock. And for my player prop, I'm going with John Quell under 15 and a half points. And for my series play, I have the Aces to win via sweep at plus 250. But that's been this episode of the WNBA Gambling Podcast. We'll be back at some point later on in the week to go through the actual schedule for WNBA. The next game is going to be on the 13th. So expect a podcast most likely on Monday night. Terrell will be there, hopefully. I'm not sure what his travel schedule is since he's in Vegas. But once again, we're going to give you content for every game. So strap in. Get excited. It's been a fun WNBA season. And even though it might seem like we're approaching the final stretch, there's still a lot of opportunities to make money. And we plan on doing so. And hopefully you all join us and we make money together. But that's been this episode. Until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.